Okay, would you uh, take your bulletins, please? Scripture readings in the bulletin. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. Luke chapter 11, 1 to 13. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Well, if you turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 11, and this is a two-part sermon on God is our Father and why that's important. And uh, I enjoyed thinking about it. I think you'll enjoy it too. It's so so primary to our faith and so central to the Christian message that God is our Father. And here we have in Luke chapter 11, Jesus teaching his disciples and teaching them to pray. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Father, address God as Father. Or in Matthew, our Father. And this is called the Paternostra, our Father. And uh, maybe the most spectacular part of the prayer is the beginning, addressing God as Father. Uh, you will notice, first of all, that uh, modern translations of this model, model prayer are different than what you learned uh, based on Matthew chapter 6. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And notice a lot of those things get dropped in this modern translation in Luke chapter 11. And uh, the reason for that is uh, the modern translations are based on different manuscripts. And we, we've always known about these readings. They've been around since three, at least 300 A.D., one of the manuscripts. But they saw it in that manuscript and they thought, no, that's a weird reading. Like there's no other reading, no other manuscript has that reading. But today we've actually found even older manuscripts that have that same weird re reading, leaving out the R of Father. And uh, so it's just strengthened the case that uh, Luke has it different than Matthew. 
and they think what happened as the scribe went along and he came to Luke chapter 11, the scribe goes, that doesn't sound like the Lord's Prayer that I learned. And so he added in those extra words. That's what they think. But notice it's addressed God as Father. Father. Point number two. Notice Jesus teaches us to do this. When you pray, say. When you pray, say, Father. Strange and new. In fact, God was not prayed to as Father before Jesus Christ. He was not prayed to as Father. That's too, makes it, makes it, make it, makes him too close to us. God is surely too great for us to address him as Father. He's too different from us to address him as Father. And uh, so in the psalmist, the Psalms, for example, all the great prayers uh, sometimes speak of, of God as a Father, but never addresses him as a Father. He's the Father of the King, or he's a fatherless, Father to the fatherless. But he's not my Father. He's not our Father. Something new. Point number three. Why? should we address God as Father? Why address God as Father? Because that's our relationship. For the Christian, it's the most wonderful revelation that God is our Father. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the sons of God. Behold what manner of love that we should be called the sons of God. It's kind of like spectacular. Can you believe it, he's saying? Behold what manner of love. On uh, Mother's Day, uh, Joanne and I went, uh, we went bird watching at Wawanosh. And uh, we walked around uh, Wawanosh and we looked at the various birds and uh, we saw geese and ducks <laughs> and cormorants and... Uh, Red, red-winged blackbirds and uh, some others. But as we were coming to the end, we were, th- we were saying, you know, we didn't see much color today. And then an oriole flew by. And the orange, you just kind of like, wow, look at the orange. And so we said, get out the camera. Get, out, get a picture of the camera. And he landed on a branch close to us. And then as we got the camera out, he turned to us and he puffed out his chest. <laughs> This big wall of orange. And uh, we go, wow, look at that chest. He wants us to take his picture. Behold the bird. (laughs) And that's kind of what John is saying when he says, behold what manner of love. He goes, wow, look at it. It's spectacular. Behold what manner of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the sons of God. Unbelievable that we should be called the sons of God. That is spectacular love. And uh, that's what we're saying when we say Father as we address Him. We have a relationship. We are His children. We stop and we can be amazed. Now we're not His natural children. Right? There's only one of those. It's not you. (laughs) Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son. He's the natural child. We are the adopted children. He has chosen to bring us into his family. He does that through Jesus Christ. 
another passage that says that. John 1, verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Or Romans chapter 8. This is the Apostle Paul. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. We become part of God's family, and the Holy Spirit does that. He's the one that takes us and puts us into God's family and adopts us into His family. And He does it by coming into our lives and saying, listen, you have a real affinity for your Heavenly Father, so that we cry out, Abba, or Daddy, or Papa, the child's first words. That's a big deal. Usually mama or dada. Maybe no. One of my first words was juice. I called anything that could be drunk juice. We lived 100 yards from the St. Clair River when I was born. And uh, the first time we walked down to the river, and I saw the river, my eyes went wide, and I said, juice, those first words. Well, when the Spirit of God comes into your life, you become a Christian for the first time, He works in you so that you cry out to God, Abba, Dada. Those are your first words as a Christian. You have this affinity for God and the love for God. And the Spirit does that within you. It's one of the ways you know you are a believer. When, when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, making you yearn for God and wanting to be in contact with God. That's one of the ways you know you're a Christian. And if you don't have that, that's a problem. Point number four, we address God as Father because our relationship is, based on, is not based on performance, but on family ties. We address God as Father because our relationship is based not on performance, but on family ties. Here's Matthew 6 the other place we find the Lord's Prayer. Jesus says this, When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. Now, I don't know this for sure, but I think all religions pray. And many religions pray often. And Jesus refers to the prayers of the pagans or the Gentiles or the nations. And he has a specific problem with their many words. They're babbling. And they think that God is going to answer them and respond to them because they pray so often. And they use so many words. It's almost like a performance thing. I deserve to have my prayers answered because look how serious I am. Look how long I pray. Look how often I pray. Therefore, God should listen to my prayers and He should answer me. Jesus says, don't be like them. Point number one. Point, this is a sub-point. Pagan prayer sees 
prayer as part of performance, or I have to earn God's favor. Prayer is answered because it's long, it's repeated, it's intense, it's accompanied with fasting. You could come up with all the things that you could add. And it sees our relationship with God as based on performance. This is human religion. That's not Christianity. Christianity is based on relationship. God doesn't answer my prayer because of how incessantly I pray. He answers my prayer because He's my Father. And He loves me. And He wants what's best for me. False religion sees my works as part of a contract. I do this, I pray, I do good deeds, I sacrifice, and then God does good things for me. After all, that's how the world works. I walk into a store, I get what I want, and then I pay for it. I hope you pay for it. And we don't think as we, we, we often don't think as we leave the store, oh, the store is so nice. <laughs> they, they do such nice things for me. No, we think, hey, I paid the store. <laughs> I, I, got, I, got, I got what I deserved. And people think that's how religion works too. God does good for me. Well, I earned it and I deserve it. He should do good things for me. Notice Jesus says, do not be like them. They think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. Why not be like them? He tells you, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. You have a Father looking after you. You can depend on His love and His care because of the family ties. You don't earn it, you don't deserve it, but you get it. Uh, when I was growing up, my dad used to do the grocery shopping. I think he did that so that my mother would not go into the store and spend money. Uh, it was his way of controlling the household finances. But I did not have to ask my dad, Dad, I'm hungry today. Could you go get us something to eat? He anticipated my need, and he knew he kept the refrigerator full. That's what a parent does, right? You know, hey, my kid needs something to eat. I'm going to get it before they get up in the morning and go, hey, I'm hungry today. No, you do it before. Well, guess what? Your heavenly Father's doing the same thing for you. And when you get up in the morning, it's not like, wow, I better say a prayer, or He's not even going to think about me today. Guess what? He's going to think about you. He's already anticipated your need. So you don't have to think that He's going to take care of me because of my performance. He's going to take care of you because of relationship with you point number five because god is our father we pray for him we pray for him you see that in luke 11 father hallowed be your name your kingdom come praying for him luke 11 has five requests two are for the father three are for us Matthew, Matthew 6 has six requests. Three are for the Father. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. May your will be done. Three prayer requests for the Father. Three for me. In a family, you ask each other how your day went. With our Father, 
he's interested in our day, we should be interested in his day. Usually when we meet people, we say, how are you doing? That means hello, except when you are friends or family. How are you doing means I want to know what's going on in your life. Let's start talking about it right now. God is our Father means that when we pray to Him, we are thinking about His day too. If we're selfish, we don't worry about His day. We just think about ourselves. Jesus taught us, you start with His day. Hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Then we get to ourselves. Point number six. Our prayers are based on performance, not based on performance, sorry. Our prayers are not based on performance, but on relationship. So Jesus teaches us a short prayer. I love that. It's a short prayer. In Greek, it's 37 words. I didn't count the English. It's probably about the same. A 37-word prayer. You could probably say it in 20 seconds if you practiced and spoke really fast. Because he doesn't answer our prayer based on its length. Oh, he wants us to spend time with him. Yes, he does. But he does not answer your prayer based on a, whether it's two minutes or two hours. In fact, I, I look at it and I think some of this you can only pray once a day. Give us this day our daily bread. How many times a day do you pray that? One time. That's a one-time prayer. Sorry, Roman Catholics have it wrong, right? When they're told to go and say this many Our Fathers, you don't have to pray this prayer that many times in a day. You don't have to repeatedly say, give us today our daily bread. Tell them once. Father, give me what I need today. That's all, that's all it takes. And he's already anticipated. He's already got it in the fridge waiting for you. <laughs> Just got to open the door. Point number seven. The story from Luke chapter 11, when Dan read it, the shameless audacity. I love that translation. Verse 5, Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me. I have no food to offer him. Suppose the one inside answers, answer, don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children and I are in bed. Now, by the way, you don't want the children to wake up. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Pray with shameless audacity. By the way, shameless audacity is when you're praying, Give me today my daily bread. I think that's shameless audacity. This is the ruler of the universe. And you're asking him for your daily bread. Right? So small compared to what he's doing. And yet that's what he wants you to ask. Suppose one of you has a cat. How many of you is that? Okay. Six will admit it. Suppose one of you has a cat. And in the middle of the night, your cat throws up a hairball. And you decide to call Brent at 3 in the morning. Brent, my cat's thrown up a hairball. And Brent goes, listen, me and my children are in bed. Now, you better keep your phone off for a couple of weeks, Brent, at night. 
Now, Brent, Brent might be nice enough to give, to give you an answer. You might not like the bill. He doesn't want you calling about, his, about, a, about the hairball. Now, just suppose. Just suppose Elijah, his son, has a nightmare. And he calls out to his dad, Dad, I've had a terrible dream. And his dad gives up, gets up. And Elijah says, I had a terrible dream. My cat threw up a hairball. And I'm scared. And Brent would say, son, it's okay. Whatever I can do to help you, that's what I'm going to do. It's okay. I'm sure the cat will be okay, even though it's just in your dream. You're going to be fine. Right? There's a difference. Because the dad doesn't mind helping his child. Oh, the friend gets the help too. The child gets the personal attention. And as Jesus tells this story about, about going and, and asking the friend what uh, shameless audacity it is to ask, and yet the friend does it, and yet we're much more than friend to God. He's our Father. And we, when we ask Him with shameless audacity the, the things that we ask, He's loving cares, and he answers, and he helps, finally. Point number eight. This comes from the book that we read for book club, and uh, last month uh, we read The Prodigal God, and uh, this is a book about the parable, The Prodigal Son, and uh, it calls it The Prodigal God. Prodigal means you waste money. You waste money and you kind of waste your life. And uh, the prodigal God means God kind of wastes things and he wastes them on us. And uh, anyways, at the end, of the, the end of the story, the prodigal son, uh, the prodigal returns home and the father accepts him. And the father goes out to the older son because he won't come in and join the party. And he asks the older son, son, what, what's going on? And he said, well, you never did anything for me, and you never killed the fatted calf for me, and you never threw me a party, and you never, you never gave me the best clothes, and all the things you never did for me. Because he had this idea that everything was based on performance, and I have to earn these things. The prodigal son, he didn't earn them. I have earned them. And so he would not go in. And it turns out that actually both sons were lost. The older son was lost too because he did not share the father's love and he did not love the father for who he is. And anyways, he applies it to our prayer lives. And uh, I wrote this down and uh, paid attention to it. Let me just read what he writes and then I want to apply it to you. Uh, perhaps the clearest symptom of this lack of assurance is a dry prayer life. Elder brothers may be diligent in prayer, but there is no wonder, awe, intimacy, or delight in their conversations with God. Think of three kinds of people. A business associate you don't really like, a friend you enjoy doing things with, and someone you're in love with and who's in love with you. Your conversations with the business associate will be quite goal-oriented. You won't be interested in chit-chat. With your friend, you may open your heart about some of the problems you are having. But with your lover, 
you will sense a strong impulse to speak about what you find beautiful about him or her. These three kinds of disclosure are analogous to forms of prayer that have been called petition, confession, and adoration. The deeper the love relationship, the more the conversation heads towards the personal and toward affirmation and praise. Elder brothers may be disciplined in observing regular times of prayer, but their prayers are almost wholly taken up with the recitation of needs and petitions, not spontaneous, joyful praise. In fact, many elder brothers, for all their religiosity, do not have much of a private prayer life at all unless things are not going well in their lives. Then they may devote themselves to a great deal of it until things get better again. This reveals that their main goal in prayer is to control their environment rather than to delve into an intimate relationship with the God who loves them. As I read that, I thought, wow, that's convicting. Because many times that's what happens in my prayer life. I look at my prayer list and I go, now the example I used at Book Club is Kathy McGregor. Kathy's on my prayer list. I have to pray for Kathy. (laughs) She's on my prayer list. Right? I have to pray. I have to pray for Kathy. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is about having a relationship with my Father. That's where it starts. Now, it's also about petitions, and it's also about asking things. But it's about enjoying spending time with my Father. And sometimes that's missing in our prayer lives. We've got our list. In fact, we even put a list in here, people for you to pray for. Please do that. Pray for these people. But it's also about spending time with your dad, talking about his day, asking about his day. So this week, please, let's spend time in prayer. And it starts with Father. Father. Let's look to the Lord in prayer.